0: Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's guest is Molly Seidel, who returns to the pod to talk about her big personal best at last week's Las Vegas Elite Half Marathon, as well as her first race in Puma shoes and the ins and outs of that contract signing process and all of the hoopla it created. We had a very uh, great conversation. That was very silly at some points and very, as Molly says, philosophical at others. uh, I definitely think you'll enjoy it. We talk about everything from the challenges of social media to leopard print jorts and pretty much everything in between. So you'll have a good episode ahead of you and don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, download, do whatever it is that you do. And until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. I think we're good. Of course, got to start start the uh, episode off with a crack. That's the that I feel like has become the de facto tradition now. <laughs> it's a little. What later. are you
1: drinking tonight then?
0: I'm drinking some Stardust uh, Lamplighter. Uh, actually,
1: ooh, yeah,
0: the first uh, Lamplighter beer I ever had. Um, but yeah, so mm. so welcome to run your mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. Uh, we have a recurring guest uh, here with us this week uh, and and coming off a pretty great race this weekend, a PR, right? Personal best in the half marathon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and of course- Yeah, the... nah, it's
1: bad. I don't even know what my old PR was. I <laughs> feel like I need to go check what that was when someone told me like, oh, you PR'd in the half. I was like, Cool. Didn't realize that.
0: <laughs> a little birdie told me it was maybe supposed to be a tempo effort. Is that correct?
1: Uh, that is correct.
0: <laughs> was it
1: a tempo effort? <laughs> that is also correct.
0: <laughs> okay. So I, was, I was pretty shocked what the time the was. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I was really surprised when I came across, I wasn't checking my watch. Um, I was just kind of trying to jump between packs of guys Um, and stay out of the wind and when I crossed the line and it turned out to be 69 and change I was pretty happy with that because it felt a hell of a lot better than running that pretty similar time did in Houston last year.
0: Almost 69.09 that would have been quite the flex.
1: (laughs) Oh god so close. Next time.
0: (laughs) So they did it I don't think I realized that they did it mixed gender. Mm
1: -hmm. Mixed gender we were, it was like laps around kind of just a neighborhood in an old, like, I don't know if it was like a baseball park or like a skating rink, something like that, but it was a nice course. I really liked it. It was very flat.
0: Nice. And I had to imagine it must have been nice to have people to, to run with as well. Um, oh, yeah. I, if I recall correctly, I, I, London was, was a bit lonely for, for, for you for parts, so...
1: Frankly, just having people on the sides of the course cheering was really nice. Proof,
0: yeah, and no, uh, no pouring rain. Also good.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was just about as dry as you could possibly get.
0: Yeah. So what happened yesterday?
1: Yesterday and or I guess ever since we got back from Vegas has been the biggest hot mess or cold mess. I guess we've gotten I want to say thirty six inches of snow over the last three days it just like it literally just stopped snowing like the sun is out and i almost don't recognize the sun anymore (laughs) um but yeah it's we're we're buried right now
0: oh geez yeah so are the roads clear at all even remotely
1: (laughs) they just shut down the highways um and so that was yesterday we're for yeah so you got stranded right (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yesterday was one of the scariest driving experiences of my life. I like, I made it back. They were like shutting down the road behind me. I like have a, a photo when I was like stopped on the highway of just literally over a hundred semis just lined up like wall to wall because they couldn't get through anywhere. The roads were horrible. And I got back to the house. I'm staying with Abby Cooper and Kat Roca, And I was like shaking. Um, and just needed to, like, decompress. And you were alone, too? Experience. I was totally alone. Oh,
0: God. This
1: was 100% my own fault because I had heard a rumor from my agent, Stephen Haas, that Winona, a road east of town, was totally clear. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally going to be right. There may be two feet of snow and flag, but I'm sure this town 30, mi- or 30 minutes east of here is going to be clear. No. Horrible run totally snowed in my eyes hurt so bad and then the drive back was just horrific so it was 100 percent me being dumb
0: <laughs> well lesson learned that's the uh, that's a that's a recurring theme on the uh on the podcast is the self-inflicted wound segment so i feel like you got there right <laughs> off the bat
1: yeah exactly
0: um, so so it's just the three of you are you in like an airbnb or
1: No, so Steph Bruce, um, who runs for Hoka, she rents out one of her houses here. And it was actually the house that I used to live in with Rachel Schneider like years ago. And now she Airbnbs it out. So it is super fancy. You can see on the walls behind me, we have (laughs) fancy little wall decorations. Everything's very nice. So yeah, it's been a a really nice spot. And and Kat and Abby are just wonderful. So it's really fun getting to to be with them up here.
0: I love hearing that because I feel like that's that's so the running community it's like to know that it's like a weird rental from another runner different brands different groups like everybody just coming you like oh yeah you're going to flag like here's three random friends to
1: yeah <laughs> you know,
0: hold up with how much longer are you there
1: um i'm probably going to stay through the end of february beginning of march there's a half going on in atlanta and so i'll probably stay out through then
0: is it on well I guess no leap year is not a thing anymore. Is this like a one year anniversary of trials thing?
1: Yeah, I yeah, so it's February twenty-eighth, so I guess it's like trials redux. It's so different though, because it's actually it's outside of Atlanta. Um Flat. I don't <laughs> Oh, it's literally incorporates part of like the Atlanta Motor Speedway. So we're gonna wow. be on like an actual like car racetrack and I'm going to be the worst with the Talladega Nights references this race.
0: <laughs> Well, can you please make some Fast and Furious references for me as well? I mm-hmm. think that's also important. A lot Tokyo of uh, free free Instagram caption, ride or die, right the, the day before the the day before the race.
1: <laughs> I I promise I'll make at least one of them for you. <laughs> yeah,
0: or I live my life a quarter mile at a time. That's in that that would. Uh be a long way i to live, do I live my life
1: 13.1 miles at a time
0: <laughs> that's there you go right there that's flawless
1: <laughs> see i really want to go deep on the nights and get like a pair of sunglasses and like put a big fig newton sticker right across the front
0: nice i don't
1: oh yeah i feel like that's like i don't know what the usatf what rule one.
0: 40 is that what it's called
1: <laughs> um, yeah exactly
0: <laughs> i don't know get, how people um, will feel
1: about that <laughs>
0: Who is it? Was it Eric Van Halen who at one point had the like Cougar singlet when he was unsponsored?
1: What? Oh my god.
0: I can't remember who. It might not have been him but somebody like when they were unsponsored had a singlet that was like the Cougar and then it said me the same way that like Ricky Bobby did.
1: Definitely will need to get that. I mean after my sisters already started going in with the photoshop Cougar Cougar Instagram post. Yeah a lot of raw content. Lot so much rock content, so much big cat content. I frankly got a lot of like leopard print clothing at this point. Um, so I would hope might just need to go with that.
0: You should become a full like jersey mom and just like only wear sweatsuits with animal print from here on
1: out. Well, I have like a matching set, it's like a sweat, like a sweatshirt and leggings that's so sweat, that like, sweatshirt pull. we'll put yeah. it on
0: like the instagram story or something but that sweatshirt you texted me a picture of with all the different animal prints is it's pretty flawless yeah I want really
1: yeah the, the lifestyle wear has been excellent
0: that's good to hear yeah i i, I know someone in puma now so maybe i can uh <laughs> use my insider connections um mm-hmm. but yeah i guess that's a that's a perfect segue so the the news dropped. I guess um, I think this is the most like Run Your Mouth has ever had a scoop because I, I think we're your your first pod post uh, post announcement, right?
1: Oh yeah, I, I feel like it was the worst kept secret in running though. Like it was definitely like out there, and a lot of like everybody in Flagstaff knew. A lot of people in Boston already knew, and so I feel like it was just a matter of like when I finally got to post about it on Instagram. <laughs>
0: So I wanted to ask you about that, actually, because that, it was, like, the worst, like, people were speculating about it for a really long time, which is, like, kind of, and I think you had fun with it, like, I think you you definitely enjoyed trolling back a little bit, Um, but it's also, like, it's your life and your job, like, you know, it's like if I you know, whatever, interview for another job or whatever. There's not people, like, on a, le- a message board being like, what's David nelly going to do? You know, how I did would that- love
1: that message board. I would yeah, totally right. just, like, go um, on that. But, like, how did that
0: feel to be like, okay, this is my future that's being wildly speculated about online?
1: It was a little bit frustrating, and I think that's why I started kind of trolling people about it, too, because it is, like... So, like, full disclosure, I signed... Uh, and was like Puma as of like January 1st. It was just a matter of like when Puma wanted to announce and they wanted to get some photos. Justin Britton came out. Um, so our friend is a professional photographer in Boston. So Puma wanted to be able to do it. If it had been up to me, I would have just been done like some random thing like January 1 just to get it out of the way. But they wanted to like make it official because it is a big thing. Like Puma's relaunching their their distance running and it was exciting. Um, yeah, what frustrated me is like, yeah people like speculating saying like like completely wrong things like it's it's kind of weird but i guess that comes with the territory now of like obviously running is a small niche world but people are intensely famous. passionate about it <laughs> now that i'm instagram famous um but yeah i think like people if there's not a whole lot going on in the world, if like people are, I don't know. But that's the thing. There are so many other things going on in the world. Like there's so many bigger things than like let's zoom in on Molly's jacket and figure out what she's wearing. It's like, guys, don't you have anything better? to do with your time
0: (laughs) are you officially in a feud with what was that account protos of the gram oh my god
1: protos of the gram (laughs) i find that i actually i think they're hilarious so i'll just i'll keep uh it's good-hearted it's good-hearted trolling i think it's the random people that will like message on instagram with just like weird stuff at least protos of the gram can laugh at themselves
0: (laughs) it's like impressive and also horrible like uh, we got in trouble a couple years ago not me directly, but we're a couple of the Boston guys were wear testing the Nike Zoom flies. So not even the vapor flies, like not even the fancy ones. And there was something and you weren't supposed to wear them, you know, you weren't supposed to Instagram them or whatever. But there was something where like, Lewis posted a photo that Johnny was in where you could see like half of his foot where he's wearing a prototype and like somehow one of those like protos of the gram accounts, like cropped and zoomed and zoom and enhance, like every spy movie. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, big...
1: I, I don't know why people take Like, I guess part of it is now is that shoe technology is so big and a lot of it with me, especially is because like I'm like between Aisha Lear and me, we're kind of two of the first like distance runners that have been signed with Puma. And so I think a lot of people were like speculating, wondering, um, when it be like yeah after my contract expired with Saucony and it was like okay like where is she gonna go and so yeah it's I don't know people get people care too much about that kind of stuff I'm just here to run
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think also it's like there is a bit of a rock and a hard place from the company's perspective you know where it's like I miss you know I'm Mr. Transparency like I'm all you know Asics hates me now because I'm like telling them they're not shouldn't be using prototypes and everything but Mm. There's, you know, it's like there, there is a bit of a balancing act between, you know, sort of, yeah, controlling the narrative and, be, you know, you have the essentially, you know, proprietary technologies that you're trying to keep under wraps until the time is right. But mm-hmm. I, I've never been a big shoe person. So it's always crazy to, the, the specifically the shoe type, I do think it was insa- It was insane for other reasons that people are like, trying to match your jacket to like what was available online. <laughs> But the shoe stuff, I, I've never understood the the intrigue that goes into that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, but, you must be in the minority of runners then. I, I guess so. Yeah. We are an ex- extremely nerdy bunch.
0: Yeah. Do you? So I guess uh, what now that you've raced in them, what's the what's the review on the Puma shoes?
1: I'm a I'm a big fan. I think the the PR <laughs> definitely shows that. Um, But yeah, that was a big thing with me, with me going with Puma because when I, when they started recruiting me, um, I really like, I was like, I, I know Puma, I know it's the huge sportswear brand, but I know you guys don't really have a a distance running contingent yet and they're like yeah we're we're relaunching we're developing a new line of shoes we want you to try these racers and so what I was kind of nervous I was like okay like I'm gonna get them in the mail this is kind of make or break and I remember when they like arrived at the apartment and Izzy and I opened up and we're like oh my god and we both like ran up and down the street in them. we're like oh yeah these are gonna work um so I've been I've been working out in them I obviously just raced in them and i I think they're awesome. So, I mean, I'm slightly biased with it, but I... Yeah, if you didn't think they were awesome,
0: you wouldn't tell us, so... Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, yeah, if I didn't, I wouldn't have gone with Puma. Like uh, I I think, no, right now, like, obviously shoes are such a big part of the game and it's like knowing you have a carbon-plated shoe with great foam that you're going to be able to race well in. And like, that was a big thing for me. I want to make sure that I'm wearing the best thing possible when I step on the line in Sapporo this summer. And so it's like... I needed to make sure that like what I'm racing in is gonna be able to like put me like on the same level as the people around me in terms of shoes. And I'm fully confident with that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's interesting because uh, it's, I hate doing like quote unquote real journalism on this podcast, but um, I, I generally personally am interested in like a lot of, I think, you know, obviously if there's anything you either don't want to or can't talk about, you know, don't talk about it. But you know, mm-hmm. just the process by which you know you choose contracts are negotiated and you choose a brand and everything, you know, obviously with your contract being up with Sophony. How did you sort of like, you know, it's almost like picking a college and you're getting like recruited in high school. Like, what were you looking for in terms of like what do I want from a brand?
1: Yeah, I think. I was in a really unique situation because the, the contract was up um, at a time where I feel like my career has drastically shifted over the last year um, and finally oh, being in really? a position where, yeah, <laughs> shocking, I know, it's so weird, um, yeah, but feeling like I'm kind of at this turning point in my career where I not only, like, I'm looking to, like, sign with the company hopefully for, to be with them for the rest of my career where things have kind of changed, I've now switched to the marathon, I'm doing different events, um, but also now also feeling like I have the power to really choose a company that I believe in, that I really vibe with, um, and that I'm invested in, and I feel that can take me to the places where I want to go in my career. So that was a big thing, wanting to feel like I went with a company that was going to support my goals and running, um, also fit with my values, um, and also just have straight up like kick-ass product that I can go and race in. And so I like looking around to a couple different places um, and like finally settling on Puma, um, had a great visit with them. Um, I went in with John and we both just like, really, really felt great after it and really felt like, okay, this is gonna be a company that respects like the coaching athlete partnership that John and I have. Um, it supports like product innovation and continuing to innovate and create the some really great stuff over the next couple of years and and hopefully get me where I want to go in my my running career because I don't have all that long you've got uh I don't know I mean I hope I have another okay yeah you have a
0: decade and a half hopefully
1: <laughs> I, yeah but you never know I guess it's because yeah. like it like up to like pretty much two years ago like I was I thought I was going to be out of the sport like and so realizing like okay never take anything for granted and you really have to make the most of the moment that you've got and so it's like okay like I want to be with somebody that's going to like support my career no matter how long it is.
0: Well in this past year too I mean I think we all sort of feel that way where one of the I guess, happy outcomes of like the horrifying global pandemic that we're all living in is kind of the feeling of like, okay, I now have a much more real grip on sort of what's important and what's not important in my life, you know, and and being able to differentiate between those two. I imagine, you know, as an athlete, that's like, that's what you're always trying to do. And then, you know, the pandemic kind of doubles down on that as well so
1: (laughs) yeah no definitely I think I think 2020 was it was a difficult year but I definitely think it helped a lot of people figure out like what is important and what matters to me and how do I live my life according to that
0: so is John a is he a Puma coach like what how does that work does he get a stipend like
1: yeah so that was that was part of it he's not an official like puma coach like that it's not like a bowerman type situation um but so like for anybody who's wondering i'm not going with the chapel hill group that's a, a separate track group um and a big thing with going with that that hasn't like, hey, been you know, announced yet right i
0: mean i don't know i don't know, what I, don't know.
1: Is. I feel like that's another one that it's like the. i was like i know ever.
0: who's in that group, but like, I don't know if that has been formally, I, I know I th- I think I think it's, it's been like publicly formally. reported that that group is happening. I just don't know what elements of that. I don't yeah. think you're in trouble. You gave me a look like I'm on to, Yeah.
1: <laughs> when I brought it up to Puma, they were like, oh, don't worry. You yeah. don't have to do that. Like, I think they're of the opinion, like, hey, like, we know this works for you. Like it got you on an Olympic team. John seems like a great guy. We want to support your coaching relationship. And so part of that is is like, they're going to, they, they pay a stipend without John having to be tied to Puma necessarily. So it, that was a big sign for me when they offered that. Is like, wow, these guys are really invested in how I want to do, like proceed in my running career. Cause I think a lot of companies would have been like, nope, we want to funnel you into this. It'll make you more marketable to be in this group. And the fact that they really value the coaching relationship that John and I have, um, and the fact that, like, I live between Boston and Flagstaff, I, I travel around a lot and stuff like that, they really prioritize, like, how I live my life, and we're like, we want to support you in that, you you do you.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, of course, uh, selfishly, I'm like, what's John's shoe size? Because, like, if he's getting rid of a bunch <laughs> of shoes. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that, that un- that's understandable, and, and I guess, uh, not to, like, overwhelm me with contract things, but I guess the, the, I was trying to think about what I was curious about in terms of what you know folks don't necessarily think about in the process but obviously you have an agent who's doing like a lot of that work how I guess how like involved are you in terms of like agent brand athlete like how does that communication Uh. triangle work
1: It's a lot of back and forth and a lot of it is difficult because obviously like while you're under contract with another company, you're not supposed to be talking with people necessarily until a certain point. And so having an agent is a a good intermediary so that once you are allowed to, you're make sure you're staying above board on everything because obviously you want to be negotiating in good faith. Um, You want to be like, yeah, you want to be making sure that you're not upsetting the boat in any way. So I do really, yeah, I'm grateful that I have um, total sports to do that for me. And so they're able to like talk with companies. They're a little bit more knowledgeable and how like the legalese and certain things work and certain things to look out for and things to like really gun for in a, in a contract. So I think I definitely see the value of having an agent in that sense. Cause I am just straight up, not a good negotiator. So um, yeah, I think that, really helps um but yeah it's very complicated and a lot of times it was really overwhelming um I my last two months of 2020 were not super fun because of that um but then it was such a relief on like January 1 to be able to be like okay like I know like this is what I'm doing I can like just feel a little bit more secure in this and now I'm just going to run and then it just became, okay, how do I hide logos on Instagram for the next month?
0: <laughs> and it is, you know, it's totally one of those things and I don't want to put words into your mouth, but like it sounds like one of those things where you have this big decision and then as soon as it happens and you cross the punt of no return, there's that thing of like, oh, all right, this is the right, like this is always right for me. You know, you get to exhale and be like, okay, as soon as it happens, you kind of know you're like, this is, this is where I want to be, this was, I had no regrets, you know, I think that that's yeah. kind of really comforting. Yeah,
1: yeah no, 100 percent, yeah, it was definitely a, a relief, uh, like, I feel like New Year's, yeah, New Year's Eve was a little bit of a, kind of like a, a celebration, it's like a closing one door, opening another, Um. but yeah, it, it's almost like choosing a college, kind of, except like, instead of a a college it's like okay your financial well-being for the next however many years
0: (laughs) well I was gonna ask actually like we do I mean I don't I don't know exactly what what the demographics in terms of our audience are in terms of you know skill level but one of the things I one of the things that stuck out to me as really helpful was a couple years ago um Phoebe Wright wrote this. you remember Phoebe Wright? She's an 800 runner. Yeah. She wrote this like awesome blog about choosing a college and the recruiting process where she basically was like, here's what you should look for. Like X, Y, Z, make sure that you're paying attention to sort of these, you know, elements. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. if I ever know a promising high schooler, like I'm sending them a link to this blog because it's it just totally hit the nail on the head. So, you know, and on the off chance that we do have, you know, uh, talented possibly professional or future professional athletes listening do you feel like now that you've been through two contract cycles do you feel like you have advice on like oh look out for this you know this is a this is key Mm -hmm. this is important this is not important in terms of like the the recruiting quote-unquote process for elites
1: i feel like it's it's almost hard because I feel like there's so many different experiences when it comes to that. Like just my contract experience between 2016 and 2020 were just so drastically different. Um, much different situations in life. like 2016, I was begging for contracts anywhere I can get them, like trying to scrap things together. Um, and like it was a godsend that I even got a contract, but it was very much of like, okay, we're giving you this contract, but we're going to funnel you into a group. It's very much on our terms. Um you're going to like you're going to do this and fit into this system and we'll give you a, a certain amount of money to do that. But you have to do things our way. And I was just so grateful to have anything. I was like, yes, I will do anything. Like and I was still figuring out what I wanted. Um, Cause this is like I, I was frankly in a really difficult place in my life and I was just looking for anything to get me to go where I needed to be. This time around, it was so different because I was in the position where it's like, what do you want? And I was like, wow, like people care what I want to do. And it's like, people are willing to listen to me. And that was very strange in a, in a different way. And so it was figuring out like, okay, how do I want to live the next couple of years of my life and feeling like I have a better position of power um, in order to do this. And I I think that I'm very lucky in that sense. Like I had qual, it was just like, I feel like that was a totally individual experience of like very rarely is it like, oh, you've qualified for an Olympic team and now you neg- negotiate a contract and knowing that like whatever company chooses you has a shoe on the line the next summer. So that was just like a very weird position of power that athletes usually don't get. And I feel so grateful for that. Um, So yeah, it's almost hard because I feel like that's such an individual situation. Um, And I would say like, I'd wanna say to someone like, remember who you are, remember what you want, try and live the life. But at the same time, like not everybody has that luxury. I sure didn't in 2016. And so ah, I'm struggling. I wish I could give just like one pat like piece of advice. Sounds like your advice is to qualify for the
0: Olympics. And then like, you're fine.
1: Yeah, I, I, the, 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 my advice is qualify for the Olympics and then make sure it's one week before a global pandemic hits. <laughs>
0: okay, well, you know, I think that's a tip that everyone can take a lot of lessons Yeah,
1: from. exactly. Yeah, I think that's something that definitely can be replicated. <laughs>
0: did you have any diva moments in the like and i promise this whole episode isn't gonna be a contract shit but like did you have any moments where like i want this in my contract like
1: oh god no i wish i'd put like some ridiculous rider in there of like i need blue m&ms in the room when i walk in no (laughs) um no i think i i'm trying to think if i did have any like really ridiculous they i think the it was funny because, like, when I was going into this contract negotiation, knowing that I was in a position of power, the only two things that I knew that I wanted it was like, I want to be able to keep Boston as my home base. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to go to oh, Portland. Yeah. I'm not going to go to travel. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to keep John Green as my coach. And so I was like, negotiating off that. Those are the only two, like, set in stone things that I want. And any company that doesn't allow me to do either of those two things, that's just an automatic no. Um, and so that made it a lot easier, actually, because having those two firm, unchangeable things, like, I mean, those are the only two things that were, like, truly important to me, um, knowing that and knowing that I would have a good pair of shoes to race, in, I guess, was the third. But yeah, I think that made it. So it's like, okay, like, I know what my values are. I know what's important to me. Let's go and we'll see who comes to the table. Yeah,
0: that sounds good to me. You know, maybe that's, maybe that's the tip is like figure out what's important to you and fight for
1: mm-hmm. that,
0: you know? I think that that is good life advice. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, true to
1: yourself.
0: <laughs> so when you were talking to, you know, Puma and your agent and the other sort of brands and everything, obviously, I mean, one of my favorite things about you as, as both like a friend and like an athlete is you have a very, uh, you know, what I would say is like an authentic social media presence. Um, I was having an argument with someone the other day, I wouldn't say who, but I, I I find that authenticity is something that is uh, very valuable and very hard to manufacture. Um, and I hope that brands recognize that, but I guess did, did the social media or just kind of general kind of like a brand identity for lack of a better term, conversation did that factor into your sort of like discussions with contracts and and you know where you wanted to land and things like that
1: yes but I guess in the reverse it wasn't a matter of or I guess brands were very much like I think brands were probably more interested of like wow she is like a couple like 70 something thousand followers or whatnot like oh no big deal you know just you know what's the exact number but like sadly (laughs) sadly no because isabel constantly minds me um but so that was obviously a factor of like being more attractive to brands because sadly that is a huge thing nowadays with running um for me i think it was very important to me to go with a brand that was as equally authentic in a way. And so that's what like when I took my visit to Puma, that's kind of the vibe that I got. It was like, oh, yeah, these guys definitely like don't take themselves too seriously. Like they do like cool sports stuff, but it's also like cool lifestyle stuff. And then they do like just weird stuff sometimes. And I'm all about that, like the weirder, the better. Um, And so it was kind of fun, like having a brand that was like open to that. And especially I definitely had a couple moments in the in the month that I was like trolling people of like when I I posted like a photo of me like running in puma shoes but then I put like bunny slippers and crocs over them I was like oh no are they going to be really mad about this and like our sports marketing guy came back to me was like oh no that was hilarious that was awesome I'm like okay good I made the right choice um I, so yeah I, I, now, think-,
0: <laughs> I now think I want to name this episode the weirder the better um <laughs> the
1: weirder, the better. let's get weird um but yeah, I Let's think Get that would weird like, a, with Molly Seidel. Yeah.
0: That's the name of your podcast. So if you start your own or your YouTube channel, I am I'm of two minds about the YouTube world. But if you want to start all, a, I'm all for it. <laughs> a YouTube series called Let's Get Weird with Molly Seidel, I think that, that would be a hit.
1: Yeah. But I think that's the big thing is like I I obviously like don't necessarily present myself in the way that a lot of other pro runners do. Um, and so like, as long as I'm like with a brand, that's okay with me posting some, some weird stuff and goofy stuff and not taking myself too seriously um, or trolling people online. Like, yeah, that's perfect. Cause that kind of fits with what I want to be doing. I just, I'm never really for the, like having to like have every single athlete put out the exact same post and, and whatnot. And so, yeah, I think it is important to come across as like feeling genuine on social media because so much feels fake on social That it's, like, I still kind of treat my Instagram pretending that it's just the same, like, hundred friends from college that follow me and not, like, a couple thousand people um, who are now, like, inspecting everything that I do or say or whatnot. I'm just, like, this is just for my friends and I'm going to post the things that my friends would want to see.
0: That's, uh, as one of your friends, I appreciate it. I think, uh, yeah, it's so... The audience of one, like, I uh, I was thinking about that a lot recently, where it's, like, that's, to me, I think that's a good way to sort of think about the social media type thing is, you know, obviously, we don't exist in a, back, a vacuum, and you have to sort of understand the, A, the business, and B, sort of the, you know, the world that you're existing in, but... At the end of the day, it's an audience of one, and it's like if what i would I want to see this? you know it's like that's what I always kind of come back to with with anything with this podcast, with social media, with whatever. it's like if no one else consumes this, well i do I think it's a good, worthwhile, funny, enjoyable, insightful thing you know,
1: yeah, no, but I think that really is the most important thing of like thinking like, okay, I want to be putting out stuff into the world that I feel is bringing value. And it's like, whether it's making someone laugh, whether it's um, providing some level of authenticity, whether it's like saying something that's fairly real, like what is, what is the purpose of what you're putting out? And I think that might be the problem with running social media in a way is it's just a lot of times just people putting out random, like, like thinly veiled advertisements for stuff products they aren't necessarily using. And so it's like, okay, like I have to make sponsored posts occasionally from like the brands that support me, but how am I putting that out in a way that I feel is genuine and like make sure that I'm only promoting the products that I actually use and like would want other people to use. And like, if I wouldn't literally like hand someone a product and say like, Hey, try this. I really like using it. Why would I do that on social? Like, so yeah, just treat it like treating social, just like, okay, like almost feel like yeah you're speaking like to an audience of one person saying like hey like let's just be real
0: do you so uh, i really appreciate the fact that you've been really you know upfront with like a lot of really serious parts of your history um and and we always and then on the other end of the spectrum like we always joke it's like molly the barista who had never run a step and then (laughs) (laughs) you know qualified for the olympics like Mm. do you sometimes how do you reconcile kind of the the urge of you know kind of the capital i internet to make molly's Seidel a kind of one-dimensional thing you know whether she's you know, the eating disorder runner or the OCD runner or the barista runner or whatever? Like, how do you kind of reconcile being kind of accessible with these aspects of your life and being really candid with also kind of, I would have to imagine, you know, wanting to preserve the whole picture of you, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I guess I don't know. I guess I don't really ever think about that because everybody talks about like, I hate the phrase of like your personal brand or whatnot, because it's this idea that you have to be like one thing. And so it's like, oh, you have to be like the elite runner. You have to be the the mental health advocate. You have to be the, the girl who puts out funny memes online or whatnot. And it's like, yeah, I guess I don't know, because I think with the social and like with putting stuff out, I just try to do what like, I'm I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this because I guess I really don't think of it deeply like thinking like oh I can't put out this long form like writing a little bit more about my eating disorder because people want to see the funny stuff it's just like that's just what I'm putting out and that's like that's the kind of person that I am I'm the person who will like go and and swear too much and drink beers after runs and be funny but then I'm also willing to like be fairly open about what I've gone through. And I think that is just another level of authenticity. Um, I don't know if that's just my personality. Um, I'm sure it probably frustrates some people online and loses followers or whatnot that they're like, I'm here for the memes. I'm not here for eating disorders. Don't be serious. Or, <laughs> yeah,
0: well, and, and honestly, it kind of goes back to, I, did, I totally did not intend to make this like a full circle thing but it's, you know, it's the audience of one. Your, ultimately you're accountable to yourself. You're not accountable to your followers. You're not accountable to, you know, the sport or the brand or whatever. It's like, at the end of the day, it's, you've got to do what feels right for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it is funny too. So I've had, I've actually had this discussion with my sister because she used to actually like kind of be on my case about like your Instagram needs to be more cohesive. The photos are all different. You're making different kinds of posts. Some of that sounds like a very
0: Izzy take.
1: <laughs> that is the most because Izzy is really savvy with this kind. Of, she's a she's in marketing.
0: I'm good at that's
1: her job, you know? Yeah, but it's like, are you writing three paragraphs on a post or one word in the caption? Like, you have to decide. And then afterwards, she was like, actually, I kind of realized what your aesthetic is. She loves the word aesthetic. I realized what your aesthetic is. You have no aesthetic. You just kind of say whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess that is kind of it. Like, the photos don't go together. Some are really nice quality. Some are completely blurry. Some are like, yeah, I think it's just kind of like, it's a hot mess I'm a hot mess like I feel like it's It's on brand (laughs) it's it's the most on brand thing for my Instagram to just be a disaster like a very enjoyable disaster
0: yeah it's so funny because it's like I I mean obviously much smaller scale but (laughs) I kind of feel that way sometimes as well where it's like um you know, obviously the first, you know, the surface level is like, oh, it's like, oh, it's the gay runner. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a lot of my sort of early entrance into people's consciousness, the very few people that I am in anyone's consciousness, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, like of, you know, you're gay and a runner, question mark, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, talk about that. And, you know, kind of trying to be beyond that. And now recently, it's like, and I, I completely blame Chris Chavez for this, but it's like now it's like oh you're the hot takes runner. It's like oh you're the person who's like not afraid to speak their mind and like stir things up. And it's like honestly more than anything else, it's my inability to keep my mouth shut. But you know, it's like the net result is that sometimes the hardest thing for me to do is to like sincerely talk about my own running and my own goals and to be like you know like oh I ran 90 miles this week that was the first time I've done it since August like that's important to me because it's like I'm so I'm so viewed as you know trolly and sarcastic and
1: like yeah. but, but and I think that's like I that's what frustrates me uh, in this idea that like anybody needs to be one thing because it's like when I look at my like when I look at you when I look at my friends it's like I don't see any of you guys as like a one-dimensional thing. So why should we assume that anybody online is one-dimensional as well? And it's like, cause yeah, it's like, you're funny and sarcastic. and But then also like, we can have super deep conversations about stuff and yeah, you are like earnestly pursuing running, but you also like to flame people about it. And so it's like, yeah, I guess, why do we have to, we're going to get like deeply philosophical on this of like, oh, why do we have do. to, assume, yeah, yeah the assumption that anybody has to be just one thing and fit into that box, I think is just fundamentally flawed. And I think appreciating that people are complex and messy and change over time, like just having a little bit more empathy and understanding for the people around you, I think is the most important thing. Same goes on social. And
0: it's, you know, it's hard too, because that's, that's the nature of the system. You know, it's like everything needs to be boiled down to a tweet, you know, at the end of this, you know, whatever hour long podcast, I'm going to take three quotes from it, you know, <laughs> like, and it's, you know, sometimes I feel free to not weigh in on this because like, I don't feel like anybody else should have to cosign on this, but like, you know, there are times when I feel like. It's not a mistake for an athlete to come out as queer ever. Like that's a you know incredible, brave, etc. But it's like that will, for like super high profile people, you know, um, you know, Karan Clement coming out as queer last year and like all of the sort of, you know, hoopla around that. It's like that will forever be your narrative, you know. Yeah. And it's like in the same way that you know if you talk about how you know struggling with disordered eating or struggling with depression or, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever the headline of your, you know, full complicated life is, can define you. And that can be, that's always a double-edged sword, you know, and it's like, it's so, it is important for the way that our brains process information to be able to categorize and, and have people who, are the experts on x subject or who are sort of representing this in the common person's brain but it does it's it's so limiting you know
1: yeah and no i i 100 agree with that and like especially coming back to yeah the the runners coming out as as queer whatnot and like having to i don't know almost having to like ask for acceptance or like label themselves as that it's it's just such an odd thing and I don't know if it's a it's a generation or generational thing or whatnot but it's like in no other sense would you have to like go up to someone and be like hi nice to meet you I'm so and so I'm I'm gay or I'm bi or I'm straight or whatnot and they're like that like you're a multifaceted person that's not the only thing that defines you that is the big part and like obviously sexuality is a huge part of who we are, but you don't have to like quantify it with everything. That doesn't have to be your entire self. And and I also don't want to like assume if someone does want to make that a very large part of their social media image, like everybody should be allowed to portray themselves however they want, but they shouldn't have to be typecast by one aspect of their personality, I think.
0: Yeah, and of course, I mean, this sounds like patting myself on the back, but it's like I one of the things I like about the podcast format is that an hour-long conversation is a much easier way to get unpack the nuance than an Instagram caption, you know. And it's like having that forum. Ultimately, I, I whether it's a podcast or whatever, you know, I, long live like print media. You know, any of these sort of long profiles, whether it's in Runner's World or Sports Illustrated or whatever, it's like having that vehicle for people to tell their stories in a way that doesn't, isn't 140 characters is so important. You know, that makes me sound like I'm so tooting my own horn. It's like, I'm I'm not important, but like the people who do that professionally are important. But
1: it comes back to my thesis of why TikTok is ruining America. (laughs) (laughs) Short form, it will be the end of all of us.
0: Oh God but TikTok is good for other things. That's a, a, that's a recurring question. We have to, we have to, A, we have to wrap up and B, we have to translate to something more fun, but, um, what you, <laughs> I know in, people
1: are going to be listening to this, like, damn, I just wanted to hear about her race and her shoes. Why are they getting like philosophical about this?
0: <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. What's in your TikTok feed lately? What's, what's caught your eye there? <laughs>
1: I actually, um, I will reveal, I do not TikTok. I straight up hate TikTok. I only occasionally use it to create videos with music layered over for them. But TikTok stresses me the fuck out. It's just too fast. It's too much. I think that is the generational divide on why I am millennial and not Gen Z. (laughs) Because I'm right on the dividing line. But no, millennials use it, though, too. Millennials are- Oh, I was going to say, I've gotten
0: hopelessly addicted to TikTok, so-
1: uh, I don't know it's I There are like I don't snapchat and I don't TikTok. those are just two things that I decided I had snapchat for a week in college and then I deleted it <laughs> TikTok is a no-go for me and I will die on that rock
0: fair enough um what we have to get into I mean I feel like we've been burying the lead for 45 minutes now but uh <laughs> pants versus tights your team pants what's going on there
1: uh, okay no i am but i am both team tights and team pants for reference to our dear listeners david has a weird aversion to running in pants specifically sweatpants i straight up think that running in sweatpants is both comfortable and acceptable and i did the day after the half i did a 10 mile run on a treadmill <laughs> in full sweatpants um It was maybe not the most efficient thing, but I did finish fairly fast. I think my mile was my last mile was like six minute pace.
0: I did not feel restricted
1: (laughs) by my pants.
0: (laughs) I just, I feel like it looks goofy. It feels goofy.
1: Sir, have you seen me? My entire persona (laughs) is goofy. I'm like that's fair. A walking muppet. Like if anything, sweatpants are the least weird thing about me.
0: I also feel like I have PTSD from like uh, like swishy pants, like having that one kid on your team who had swishy pants in high school where it was just so loud to go on a run with them. It's, yeah.
1: I think the key is a tapered bottom. I will only That's, run in a agree. tapered bottom. 100% pattern.
0: agree. Yeah, it's definitely, because tapered bottoms do approximate
1: It's literally called a jogger, David. It's meant to be worn while you're jogging. So in our Venn diagram of tights, pants, tapered pant joggers are meet in the middle. So that's what we can agree on. Okay.
0: We can find a happy medium to this. Um, The one other question I wanted, the one other run your mouthy question I wanted to ask you before I wrapped up is, so I feel like um, maybe this is just in my day-to-day because I've been listening to the Beer Mile podcast a lot. But the, the beer mile has like made a resurgence in my consciousness. Um, I, personally, I think you could run a very fast beer mile. But uh, as a marathoner, I wanted to ask you, if you were to set the race distance, and we're going to go, instead of the beer mile, we're going to say one beer per mile. So it's not one beer for 400, it's one beer per mile. Mm where would you set the line for race distance where you feel like you would be best equipped to succeed in a oh. one beer per mile race?
1: So that's the thing. I've done one beer mile. I did it in college. And I feel like my limiting factor was the sheer amount of liquid that I could hold in my stomach. because I'm. That's not, what always does it for always, me. Yeah, it's like, especially like, at the fourth beer, that's 48 ounces of liquid in your stomach. Whether it's beer or water or milk or whatever, that sucks. So I'm trying to think. I think I would be kind of limited in just the sheer amount that I could drink. I feel like I could probably manage a 10K. I think I would struggle with anything over a 10K. Maybe like in the four four to six mile range, I think I could do pretty well.
0: I was When I thought about this question, I was thinking, I was like, I feel like Molly would... I feel like once you get to 10K, like six beers versus, versus four beers is, I think, a big difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that you would suffer less than other people running the 10K, both in terms of your like uh, race inclination and your uh, drinking abilities. I feel like beer 10K might be your, your strong suit.
1: Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to do that once I'm back in Boston. We'll do a beer 10K on the tempo loop and then <laughs> probably get banned from Harvard forever.
0: Oh, God. It's only a matter of time at this point. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think I might make that a, a recurring question is where you would set the line where you feel like it would be. Because I feel like for me, it might be a beer mile using that mm-hmm. like stand, like uh, methodology because I'm not good at drinking. Yeah. I'm not good at drinking large like liquids I'm good at drinking so I'm like I feel like drinking a beer wouldn't affect me and I could still run a pretty fast mile but once you factor in the time of drinking subsequent beers it would start to hamstring
1: hamstring I feel like the beer mile is specifically difficult for me because I one have no leg speed and two just like that's a lot of beer to handle within a very short amount of time like the one that's that the I did, I was not okay afterwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a young runner's game. I, my beer mile PR is from my freshman year of college and it is not going down anytime.
1: time. Same, same. I, I don't <laughs> think I'll ever beat that. And I did it in jorts. So, I mean, that's already, nice. that's my peak.
0: Well, that you and Emma can throw down in a jorts 10K. That can be a whole separate conversation. uh, jorts
1: beer 10k i'm on
0: oh wait hold on what you need to do is you need to work with puma to come out with a leopard print jorts (laughs) oh
1: oh my god well i could technically cut off these leggings, they would be more like leopard print spandex. I need like actual shorts. Or you them. could do
0: jorts with a leopard print crop top. Like, I think that would be a good look.
1: Mm, Just in life, meh. like
0: aside from running, you know, I think w- once the pandemic's, yeah. you know, sort of over, we can go out wearing both of us wearing
1: crop tops yeah, and well,
0: leopard print. We'll jorts. go to
1: Phoenix Landing. We'll be wearing our cheetah print crop tops. It'll be great.
0: I'm going to hold you to that. One way or another, if it's six months, if it's a year and a half, we're gonna do that. If it's after Tokyo, we're we are definitely doing leopard print and jorts in some combination.
1: Excellent. I'll I'll pencil it into the calendar.
0: Don't pencil it, pencil it in. Don't pen it in because like exactly. who the heck knows when that's gonna happen? But one. It's day. an
1: electronic calendar anyway, so it's I'm just I'm just lying.
0: Perfect. All right, well, to wrap it up, uh, you have, as a previous uh, guest of the pod, you're not uh, off the hook for, for the answers. You just have to come up with new ones. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, your Instagram crush, what are you feeling on the internet these days that, that's catching oh, your
1: eye? My Instagram crush, I actually have a huge crush on British marathoner Callum Hawkins. He, Yo, oh.
0: I, I support you in that journey.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, low key. Hoping that we get to meet in our pandemic quarantine Olympic Village. He I was going to say, how old is
0: Because this could be, this could happen. Like Calum Hawkins, like I, calling her a shot. Like
1: I'm trying to think. I think he's in his 20s, but like I've just got a thing for Scottish accents. Like, mm, yeah, Josh. So, that's uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just any any sort of accent. Let's go. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll say Callum Hawkins. He doesn't post a whole lot, though, so there's not a whole lot to stock on there. But maybe that's for the best. Don't want to yeah. come off too weird. That's I not... did slide into it. This is very embarrassing for me. I slid into his DMs about nice. tea. He posted, like, his favorite type of, like, tea. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I also love that tea. No response. It's fine. No my response? Broken, but no response callum hawkins it's check okay your
0: DMs. i don't this is i know it's
1: okay i'll just go cry and die alone
0: no i think i think we you know i mean obviously you have to run well on the marathon in tokyo blah 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 but like i think we know what your real assignment for tokyo is.
1: got it yo marry Callum me hawkins me
0: um i will say great choice Tom Hawkins is a cutie. Uh, for me, for for my British New Balance distance runners, uh, Jake Whiteman is very cute.
1: Ooh, uh, that's another good one. Yeah. There's a lot so. of cute British distance runners out there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, you know, if any of them are listeners to the pod or fans, you know, who know them, let tag them, let's make it happen. We'll embarrass Molly, but then, like, she'll get a date out of it. It'll be a great whole thing. Um, I don't think good. either Just- of them are just guys, creating but,
1: relationships know. on run your mouth that's it Th- this is what it's all about it's just about finding love
0: yeah and that you know of course like that's the real um that's what's really important is your relationship to the a man in your life you know i think that mm-hmm. that's you know everything yeah, I, that you've accomplished personally mm-hmm. professionally
1: all, all that shit that we talked about like being a multifaceted person having a lot of other no, stuff no, no. Going you just need you know, No. If yeah. I've learned anything from watching Bridgerton, it's that I am worthless without a husband.
0: <laughs> that is, you know, the, that's the pull quote from the whole episode. Um, <laughs> your your go-to karaoke song, Somebody Hands You the Mic, what are you singing?
1: Oh, Brandy by Looking Glass.
0: Nice. Was that, did you say that before? That sounds familiar.
1: It might. I might have said that already because that's just always my go-to when I was on here with Izzy. Should I think of another one? No, I think you
0: can. You can. I feel like I feel like
1: ABBA songs. I'm I'm pretty good with anything ABBA. Um, Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody probably, but Yeah. yeah, just something something fun.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good ABBA song for us to... We Oh, you know what we should do? You and me should duet SOS. That would be the...
1: Oh, oh. that would be so much fun. Yeah. Either that or take a chance on me, I feel like. Oh, I love
0: that song. Yeah, yeah. that that could be the move. Whenever, again... Phoenix, whenever La- Phoenix landing... The, the counter, sec-
1: Whenever we get our vaccines, knock on wood, we're we're going in hand. our leopard print crop tops and jorts and we're singing ABBA.
0: Sounds good to me. All right. Last but not least, your death row meal. You're going to the chair. What are you eating?
1: Now I'm just remembering Izzy saying that she wanted English muffins and cottage cheese. <laughs> um, my death row meal, I see, because I can't choose any of the things that I did last time. I figure probably, mm, I feel like I actually... Like really good Ethiopian food. Like I, mm. I key jam on like very very good. I Some prefer the vegetarian
0: and, uh...
1: injera, like doro wat, shiro, just like any any good stuff. Especially if I'm like with my friends and we're all just like jamming tearing off injera. I feel like that would be a pretty good last meal.
0: Yeah, finish and it it's off like, with it's a, a whole Ethiopian process, coffee, so it keeps you alive for a couple more hours too. So
1: exactly, yeah, it'll be at least like three or four hours.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks for coming on and talking shop with us. Um, I feel like we got like way more serious than what we did last time, which is uh,
1: well because it was me and Izzy last time, and we were just like drinking lamplighter beers and just vibing. And this is we just went deep.
0: Thanks for coming on, uh, and until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth.